You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. If you want to find more about him, head on over to WGALaw.com. That's WGALaw.com. I am Jason Kong along here with uh, Bill Alexander. And Bill, we uh, we had enough time during the break to put your soapbox uh, <laughs> back into the closet. Yeah, here. I need to apologize. No, for that. no, you don't need to apologize at all. <laughs> I'm sure we'll break that out at, at some point again. But, you know, we were talking uh, a lot about the uh, the political climate and you were talking about the half-truths half of advertising that we see. But that also applies to asset protection. Well, it certainly does. And, and it, it, it has to do with um, government assistance. It has to do with, with VA benefits uh, for veterans. Uh, it has to do with Medicaid rules. It has to do with special assistance rules. But it, it also has to do with, with trust-based planning. So what's, what is the half-truth? The half-truth is that there are an awful lot of folks who believe that all trusts give you asset protection planning. Not true at all. Okay, There are some trusts that do. Uh, but the most common trust-based plan that people do is called a revocable trust or sometimes called a living trust, often called a revocable living trust. And I, I have lots and lots of families who come in who's, and say, well, tell me about a trust um, or I want asset protection and want a trust help me do that. And the answer is partly. It, it can but the, the bottom line is most people uh, don't need and should not necessarily have a trust that gives them asset protection today. Uh, in other words, when we do a trust, uh, there are other options and better options that are less expensive. Now, can you do asset protection in a trust? Yes, you can. But there's a huge thing you have to give up when you do that, and that is you have to let go of some control when you have an – and it has to be an irrevocable trust if you want asset protection now for yourself. A revocable trust never, ever gives you asset protection from creditors, predators, bankruptcies, lawsuits – for yourself. Uh, what a revocable trust does uh, is it gives you a lot of advantages, but asset protection is not one of them while you're alive. You have to die for your revocable trust to give asset protection for your spouse and or your children. And then the trust has to be written in a way that will give your spouse and or children asset protection for their lifetimes which is a huge advantage if you understand what it and how it works. But why do people do a revocable trust if it doesn't give you asset protection? Well, it gives you a lot of other things or can give you a lot of other things that can be really important. Now, not everybody needs uh, a trust, um, but what, is it, what does a re- revocable trust actually do for you? Well, number one, and not necessarily in the order of how important it is to you, but it allows you to or- avoid the court process of probate and estate administration through the courts. 
Now, truthfully, for some dysfunctional families, having a court process may be helpful to make sure there's someone looking over your family's shoulder to make sure that everyone gets what they're supposed to get. But for many, many families that don't have those kind of problems, avoiding probate saves money. You don't have to pay the court anything if you don't go through probate and estate administration through the courts. It's also a whole lot faster than the court process, so people get their inheritance much faster than they would otherwise. Um, It um, is also private. You know, if you go through the courthouse with a will, that's a public record. Anybody can see it. Uh, With a trust, nobody except the beneficiaries of your trust agreement are entitled to see it. Um, Even, you know, the uh, uh, folks who um, hold trust money, you know, like a bank or a brokerage house or an insurance company that, you know, where a trust actually owns that property, uh, they don't get to see necessarily who the beneficiaries are. They get to know who the trustee is and who the successor trustee is and what the powers of the trustee are. Um, Now, you can do better tax planning with a revocable trust. You can – and the most important thing is is that you can do disability planning inside of a trust so that – you can guide the person who has control of your money on how to spend the money on you or your family in a period of time where you're incapacitated. Um, but probably the most important thing about a trust is it allows you to give a very sophisticated plan, not necessarily complicated, but one where it gives your, your spouse and or your children and primarily children – uh, asset protection planning, um, you know, uh, now if it's a real small inheritance, no big deal. But if if you if your children are going to receive enough of an inheritance to make a difference for it to be protected, why you can protect it for them, they can't protect it for themselves. So if you leave it in a lifetime trust for your children, you can protect your children from a bad marriage or a bad business venture, uh, or a bankruptcy, or a lawsuit. You know, let's say you have a child who is a physician, or an architect, or a CPA, or a, an attorney. Uh, you know, guess what? Those kind of professionals sometimes get sued for making mistakes. Well, do you want your inheritance tied up in a lawsuit? Well, and if it's in a protected asset protection trust that you've created for them at your death, guess what? It's not subject to those creditors. Uh, it's not subject to lawsuits. It's not subject to the bankruptcies. Um, it's held out. So the fiction is that it's your money being held for their benefit. It's not their money. And you can also direct it to the next generation. So you can make sure that it goes to your grandchildren rather than somebody else. And here's another nice thing. You don't have to have a fancy trustee. Normally, if you have a good um, uh, a child who is decent with money and has a good head on his or her shoulders – uh, they can be their own trustee. 
they don't you don't have to have a corporate fiduciary you don't have to have a cpa or a lawyer looking in all the time um you they can do it themselves and that is a huge advantage now here's the bad news trust-based planning costs more than will-based planning it, I, it makes it recall of the old Midas commercial, you know, for mufflers, which is pay me now or pay me later, you know, but you're going to pay me one way or the other. Well, uh, there's some truth to that. Wills cost less when you actually do the planning, and, and wills are important. You know, everyone should have one, even if they have a trust. And truthfully, all those other documents, what we call the ancillary documents, powers of attorney, uh, HIPAA releases, all of those things uh, are extremely important. Everyone should have those. Um, but the the bottom line is is that will-based planning is less expensive when you pay the lawyer, but when you go through the court process, you're gonna it's it's gonna make up the difference, if you will. Uh, with a trust-based plan, it, it costs more in terms of planning. You get a much better plan. You get what you pay for. And you have far fewer costs at death for each uh, each generation. So that that's where you make up the savings on at a later time, and it, it makes a difference. Well, that makes plenty of sense. Well, we will take a quick break here, and we'll continue our conversation on trusts and half-truths in asset protection. Stick around. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander. You can find more about him at WGALaw.com, WGALaw.com. And this is News Radio 680 WPTF. Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. And, Bill, we're continuing our conversation on half-truths in asset protection, and we were uh, on the subject of trusts and, in particular, revocable trusts. Right. Well, and here's the thing about revocable trust that is really nice. Even though it doesn't give asset protection while you're alive, it really doesn't present any changes in your lifestyle when you create it. Yes, it's important to do the document. It's important to put all of your funds that can be put into trust, all of your lands, all of your funds, into the name of the trustee as soon as possible after you create the trust. Now, actually transferring property into the trust is a big issue. It's, again, one of those half-truths because an awful lot of attorneys do a, a, a really nice document, but they never get across to the client how important it is that their funds have to be transferred to the trustee. We call that trust funding. And for me, I won't do a trust unless the client understands that everything that can be put in the trust needs to be put in the trust so that you get the advantages of the trust. If you create a trust document and you don't transfer your property into the trust, you're not get. In fact, it might be more expensive for your family than not because then everything gets into the trust through your will which means it has to be probated, administered, and then transferred to your trust, where you have trust administration after that. So to me, that's just downright idiotic. But so many lawyers say, here are your documents. Now it's up to you to make it work. And that's not good 
that's not a good practice. In other words, we don't ever do that to our clients. We want to make sure that our clients get their property funded into their trust. It's such an important thing to make it work. Um, and the only only reason I can imagine that attorneys don't do that their job in terms of helping clients get their property into their trust is um, because you know maybe it's because they want to do the probate. <laughs> I don't know, but it's just not the right thing to do. Um, so. Uh, anyway, it is extremely important. Uh, another thing is is that a really good trust is fairly portable from one state to another state. You know, you move from North Carolina to Florida or Arizona or California or wherever. Yes, it should be reviewed in the new state, but oftentimes if it's a well-drafted trust, very, very little has to change in the trust for it to work in the new state. Um so it it's uh, it depends obviously on the state law and the state that you move to, but generally speaking, um, it a good trust, well drafted, is is going to work for the most part, no matter where uh, you live, and at least in the United States and other countries that recognize trusts. Um, now let's get back to the asset protection piece because it's really um, it, it, it's control versus asset protection. And and actually a trust actually gives you more control than not having a trust, um, uh, but it doesn't have any of the negatives. In other words, with a revocable trust, uh, you, um, you can put property into the trust, take it out at any time. You can invest your property inside the trust any way you want to. Uh, you can amend your trust. You can revoke your trust at any time. You can restate your trust. Uh, you can spend every penny of it just like you could if it was totally uh, uh, your control. So you do have that control. And one of the nicest things is that uh, a revocable trust is ignored by tax authorities. In other words, the Internal Revenue Service, the Department of Revenue, neither um, – looks at the trust agreement. To them, it doesn't matter. Uh, Your taxes, you you know, when you set up an account at the bank for your trust, it will be your Social Security number. Uh, The interest or dividends will go to your Social Security number. You pay your taxes the same way you've always paid them uh, on your form in your name with your Social Security number. The trust has no implications whatsoever on your taxes or how you do your taxes. None whatsoever. And that's a real advantage. But um, so, And that's really important to folks to know that if they do a trust plan, that once they get their trust set up, they get their trust funded, it doesn't feel any different. It's just like everything's still in your name and everything's still good. So you're in total control, and so, but okay, you don't have asset protection, but you provided asset protection for your spouse or and or your children and grandchildren. That's where the trust really makes a huge difference to people. Now, when it comes to you and your lifetime, the ancillary documents that we do as a part of your planning are uh, 
are the things that give you flexibility and continuing control. The most important one that most people do not get right is the general durable power of attorney. Now, I know because I've seen this time and time again that 90% of the folks out there will say, well, I've got one of those. I'm covered. And what I'm telling you is that the one that you have probably doesn't cover you for asset protection. It covers you for transactions where your agent can sell stuff, but it really doesn't give the flexibility needed to do asset protection if you become incapacitated. Now, if you're never incapacitated, then okay. The whole purpose of having a power of attorney is if you become incapacitated. It's the sweater in the closet that you put in your suitcase for the trip just in case it gets cold. Well, if life gets cold for you, you need to be able to pull it out uh, and put it on. And that's what the power of attorney does for you. It's there in case of emergencies so that you have someone that you trust that you can appoint to do things that are in your best interest. It's that simple. But having one that works is the most important thing, and that's why having an attorney who understands this uh, makes a huge difference. Most attorneys do not give powers of attorney that afford asset protection possibilities for your family. So it needs to be reviewed. Your power of attorney needs to be reviewed and oftentimes replaced. And everybody's sitting out there thinking, oh, I got one of those, no problem. So what are your other documents that might be important? Well, health care decisions, you know, wouldn't you rather appoint the person to make health care decisions for you if you can't make them yourselves? Well, the only way to do that is to have a health care power of attorney so that you can select the person who's going to make those decisions when you cannot do it for yourself. Then you also need, and this is true for young people as well as old, uh, everyone should, as long as they are comfortable with it, an advanced directive for natural death, sometimes called a living will. They're not used very often, but they are very, very important. Then uh, federal law requires that you have a medical release. That's what we call HIPAA compliant. Uh, that And the federal law requires a separate document. Even though we put that language in our documents, we put it in the health care power of attorney and the general power of attorney, but having a separate document actually complies with federal law, so you should always have a separate document. And then for the last couple of years, we've also added a new one that's a digital release. You know, some people will say, well, what's that? And that's because uh, agents and executors and guardians are having difficulty being able to uh, get control of or um, your digital assets, cloud-based assets, Facebook and all the other stuff that people might have online these days. Uh, having a release actually makes it easier for your agent, the person you've selected, to have access to be able to to do that. And so having the ancillary documents and having a counselor who can show you how to use them when you need them, that's what it's all about. Yeah, that and making sure that they're up to date and doing what you intended for them to do. That's right. that's key as well. Mm-hmm. And if uh, if you need any help with that, you can set up an appointment with Bill. You can give him a call at 919-256-7000, 919 919- 
256-7000, or you can head online to WGALaw.com. A quick break and back. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. Welcome back to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. And Bill, we're talking all about half truths, and you don't know what you don't know when it comes to <laughs> asset protection. And we've discussed trusts and uh, uh, also uh, uh, documents as well, and making sure that those are prepared properly. But uh, I guess we need to focus a little bit on on who who we're targeting here with this message. Well, actually, I'm targeting everybody because the the fact of the matter is there there's probably a ton of folks who are at home uh, or in their car, and and they're thinking. Well, you know, he's really talking to folks who have a bunch of money, and so they need these legal documents. I don't have a whole bunch of money, so why should I worry about these kind of things? Well, the truth is that if you have enough that you're trying to protect for yourself, then I'm talking to you. I mean, it's, it's, the, uh, it's not about how wealthy you are. Uh, it you know actually these ancillary documents these powers of attorney to be able to do asset protection planning can be even I mean it's really important for folks who have money but it's also important for folks who have just enough to get by on to protect to make sure that if they have a crisis that they don't lose the money uh, that's really important and that's I guess that's one of the reasons that we're so well-known for asset protection. But oftentimes, it's the folks that only have a little bit to lose. It's more important to them than the folks who have a half million dollars that they could lose and not affect their lifestyle. Uh, Because let's say that you only have a nest egg of of $100,000 or a couple hundred thousand dollars. And if you had a long-term care crisis that cost you – you know, $7,000 a month, you know, being able to protect that for yourself or your spouse is huge. And so if you don't have these powers of attorney done correctly, then the likelihood of losing what you have is much higher. And of course, there is one other overriding issue as well, and that's procrastination. You, you know, I can't tell you how many families I've seen over the number of years who've said, golly day, you know, a few years ago we had three or $400,000. Now we have $50,000 left, and we're just now coming to see you. We wish we had seen you three years ago, <laughs> you know. And I can't do anything to get their money back for them when they've, uh, when they, you know. So the bottom line is that procrastination is a killer uh, because every week, every day, every month that goes by without assistance uh, uh, can financially uh, cripple you. Uh, I mean, because long term care is so expensive. Now, obviously, one way uh, to understand more about what I'm talking about is all of the half-truths that are part of Medicaid and veterans benefits and the things like that. And as you know, we do a monthly seminar that tells gives people very accurate information on how these programs work. And, it, it, and I can say that uh, there are very few people that are not 
surprised at how these rules work um, and, and how they can get benefits if they if they seek help and understand how th- these things work. So obviously, uh, and this is self-serving, but the the seminars are free, and it's it's a no-brainer kind of thing to help educate people on these. Um, and the, and this. Uh, the seminars help everybody. It helps people with a lot of money. It helps people with a little money. But the bottom line is, is that when it's all seniors have to worry about the risk of long-term care, because there are very few folks that have long-term care insurance. Uh, it would be nice if everybody had it. It'd be nice if Medicare covered the bills or if our health insurance covered those bills, but they don't. So you got to find another way. Uh, to get help because there's not many people that can afford the seven thousand dollars. Sometimes it's four or five thousand dollars a month. But the bottom line is, who can afford that? Right. So that that's why uh, this is where information is power. Uh, information is what people need, but they need good, accurate, reliable information. So that's what this can give you and we'll be talking plenty about your uh, your upcoming seminar uh next week that's a week from today saturday morning at 11 here on asset protection today you can also head online to wgalaw.com and register in advance as bill said it is free next seminar coming up will be on wednesday june 13th and as i said we will be talking uh, plenty about that next week as well a quick break and back you're listening to asset protection today with attorney bill alexander on news radio 680 wptf news radio 680 wptf you're listening to asset protection today with attorney bill alexander you can find more about him at wga law Dot com. That's WGALaw.com. That's also where you can go to register for uh, June, the June seminar. It's free. Uh, it's going to be Wednesday, June 13th, and we'll be talking plenty about that on the program next week. And, Bill, folks can also catch you tomorrow morning on the CW22 at 8 a.m. with Money Secrets. Absolutely. And I might say this is that, you know, our our book, Money Secrets, is uh, out now, and I'll be giving one book away at each seminar that we do as well. There you go. So for the folks who would rather have a chance at getting a book, you can come to the seminar for that. And as I said, you can register in advance online at WGALaw.com. We hope you'll join us next week here. As I said, we'll be talking plenty about June's seminar. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander. Thank you so much. This is News Radio 680 WPTF. Have a great weekend.